Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Signals from Mars, brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast. I am your host, Victor, and joining me this week is Mr. Brad Dahl. How are you, sir? Fantastic, man. Thanks for having me, Victor. I really appreciate this. Absolutely. This is a uh, a long time coming. We had talked a lot about doing something together behind the scenes, so... Um, once I started hooking everything up and um, figured out that I needed to use an, an established situation to uh, to do these live streams, I said, well, I, I need to hook back up with you and, and talk about everything that you have going on. And um, obviously, we've chatted back and forth behind the scenes. We kind of met via uh, Mark Striegel's Patreon. Um We had been, you know, uh, just chatting about videos and just different episodes of the uh, podcast that I do with Mark and um, and you had talked to me about um, you know, the new releases stuff that I do on now on my site previously on talking rock, but um, you run a site called Yarg metal. Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I wouldn't say that I run it, but I am the program. I'm the chief program director. Uh, so real, real quick, you want to hear the story? Is that, yeah, what, yeah, that's, what, that, that's in here. Okay. Yeah. That, that's what I was uh, trying to segue into. <laughs> yeah, this is weird. I'm used to being the one asking the questions. Uh, yeah. So my brother who is, um, he, he's like, a just an incredible businessman. He starts businesses. And uh, in fact, he, he's, uh, bought this business a couple of years ago called new England miniature balls. 
Okay. It sounds like a joke. It sounds like something out of the Simpsons, you know? But, uh, <laughs> and, and I always say, yeah, says, yeah, your balls are really tiny, but you got a lot of them. So uh, <laughs> anyway, he, yeah. So he, he buys businesses and then he runs them and, you know, eventually sells them or whatever and, and makes money. He's got a, a business in the Philippines that that's a, a makes cleaning products and stuff. It's called DTL chemicals. So all that stuff's on the internet if anybody wants to look that up. But anyway, he's my brother, Dave. He's four years older than me. And he got this idea a few years ago and he said, Hey, he says, I think internet radio is actually the future. Hmm. Okay, cool. So he says, I'm starting a radio station. So I'm like, great, man. That's fantastic. So he did. And then he didn't know what to do other than play black Sabbath. I mean, he says he, he has five oh, wow. favorite, he has five favorite bands. Let's get this right. He has five favorite bands. Four of them are black Sabbath. So, <laughs> so he was playing like black Sabbath. 24 hours a day and mm-hmm. dude you know there's probably about five other guys out there they're gonna just love this uh, <laughs> but you know i'm i'm telling you i'm thinking you gotta mix it up a little bit so i i i, I sent him some music and he started throwing some other stuff up there and then it still kind of was like yeah it's the same thing over and over and i i told him i said hey you know i like giving me a shot at this let me let me run the station for a while as far as programming the music and, and playing yeah. it and that. And cause I've got a lot of music. So <laughs> I, I started out doing that and cool enough, people started liking it. I mean, people like it really start catching on. It's the, you know, it's worldwide. It's yargmetal.com and it's yarg Y A R G M E T A L all one word.com. And uh, you go there. Oh, Hey, look at that. That's yeah. There you go. <laughs> and then uh, you, yeah, you can you can listen to the music there, and which is kind of cool. Um, but we also, uh, you know, and and this is the part because my brother, being older, doesn't quite get the internet and mm-hmm. uh, doesn't quite get how people listen to music and stuff. And I said, dude, we we need, you know, people to be able to listen to this on their phones, and you know, we need right. apps. So uh, we got a guy. We, we had this IT guy who has since just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. And he developed a, an Apple app, which is still available. Thank goodness. Okay. And it's still out there. Uh, he also developed, uh, developed one for, um, you know, Google stuff on the Google store. Uh, but that one, for some reason, kind of dropped off and we don't know what's going on with that. And because of that, we now have a new IT guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy, <laughs> hopefully, he's, uh, he's kicking ass. I don't even know if he's listening. Um, but if you're out there, Cody, get to work. Uh, get those apps going. So he's developing new apps for our, our Apple platform and also for the um, um, Android platform. And uh, hopefully we're going to get those out in the next month or so. And they're going to be cooler and funner and all that kind of stuff. He actually uh, up, upgraded our website there a little bit too, and made it look a little bit better. It was kind of, and it was, it was, it was pretty awful before. So the whole idea, well, my idea, the whole, my brain idea about, about what we're going to do with this is number one, play really good music. Okay. Okay. You know, music I like, but also, you know, there's so, there's no, I feel like there's very few platforms for new music out there. Right. So I figured that's going to be our real main emphasis. I'm going to be scouring the world for new metal rock, anything, anything that rocks, man, any, anybody right. that's, you know, rocking, it doesn't have to be metal. I mean, let's face it, the, you know, a lot of, shows have used the term metal and then it's kind of like well it's whatever it is and right yeah so uh i i scour out i i 
thanks to you, I've learned about a lot of new bands in the last couple of years. You know, thanks to uh, uh, Patreon, uh, you, you know, your work with me, Mark Striegel, who's awesome. And I've learned about so many different new bands through you guys and, and fallen in love with some of them. And I buy their music because that's the other thing. I buy the music and then I pick songs off of the albums and I play them and I mix them in. And so it's a, you're not going to hear, I mean, you'll eventually hear the same stuff, you know, eventually you're going to go like 11 days before you're going to hear a song over again. Right. It's that there's that much music on there. I've got, I've got over 11 days worth of music that is, that's cycling through and then there's little spots and things. And I'm the, my goal is to eventually do live broadcasting where I'll, you know, do a show, a live show on the, on the air. Uh, but I just haven't got to that. Uh, you you would think with COVID and not being able to go places, I'd have a lot more time. And but that hasn't really happened. I don't know how how it is for everybody else, but man, I've been busy, busy. Uh, hasn't slowed my work at all. That's for sure. So I have to do this in my spare time. Uh, the other cool thing about Yarg Metal, and we've we've kept this free. Uh, the hosting station, SecureNet, they they look at our numbers and how many people are listening. Are like you know, we really want to play commercials on your station. We could make some real money with you guys. We're like, no, I don't want people. I mean, as, as a listener, I mean, do you like listening to commercials? I don't like listening to commercials and we're not doing it to make money. I mean, my, my brother, he's CEO, Dave, he's got money. Okay. I've got a real job. I've got money. I mean, I could always use more. So, but, but yeah, I don't have a problem with that. But yeah, I mean, again, the goal of the station is to promote bands we like and to promote new music and to try to keep rock alive because as we keep hearing, rock is dead. And yeah, to the rest of the world, rock is dead. But I know there's a lot of people out there that like rock music. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, Uh, so that's the basis of the station. Yeah, cool. Because I mean, you know, over the years you hear, you know, back on terrestrial radio, it's no repeat work day. And it's like, okay, so you don't repeat the song again between nine to five, but you repeat the same 50 songs every day. So, I mean, if you're going 11 days without hearing the same song, you know, that's, that's so different. You know, that's, that's awesome. Um, also as what you're saying with the commercials, you know, on my computer, I've got all types of things to block commercials on YouTube. When I go to watch YouTube on on my TV set, it's like, damn, you know, I'm, I'm like, I, I got, I got, I now have to sit through a, a two minute commercial just to get to the content I want to see, or in the middle of a video now. And it's, you know, it's, with YouTube, it's ridiculous. They want you to pay $45 a month to not have commercials. So if you're not using it, you know, as a platform to make money, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. You know, um, it, it doesn't make sense to let others come in. And, and also, you know, one of the biggest problems today with social media and the Internet and whatnot is controlling your own message. If you only want to talk about music, if you only want music there, you know, what kind of commercials are they going to are, are they going to have on there? Is it going to be for, you know, uh, owner pills? Right. Well, I was going to say, you know, 
a hemorrhoid cream, you know, or, or, or something, something like that. Or even if they get into, you know, election time again, do you want to have political, you know, things being broadcast on your station? Maybe you don't want, you know, a political message to appear. You know, there's so many things where once you start adding ads and, you know, someone else's hands in the mix, you, you start to uh, lose control with things. It just seems so. I mean, I, I get exactly what you're, what you're saying with that, you know, Yeah. by the way, Jeremy, I see your comment up there and yeah, give it, give us a listen and man, let me know what you think. In fact, anybody who listens, let me know what you think. Um, you can contact me. There's so many, I'm all over the place. I'm on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and, uh, my emails out there. I'm, I'm not hard to find. I've got a pretty good digital footprint. Uh, and luckily it hasn't kicked me in the ass yet. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny talking about politics, though. One of the cool things about doing this radio station is, you know, being a radio guy and, you know, kind of like what you're what you're doing is I've got to meet a lot of the people that I'm fans of and I've got to interview people. And, and if you go to our we have a YouTube channel, it's Yard Metal, uh, you know, YouTube, just type in Yard Metal. And I, we've done uh, a few interviews. We have a couple of other people that are part of our team that have done some interviews. And there, some of them are up there, not all of them. Uh, but uh, anyway, that, it's been really cool to be able to go to you know all these concerts. And I mean, we pay. That's the other thing my brother says. He says, you know, we're doing this to help the bands. We're not doing this to help us. So there's no free ride for us. So we're never going to demand that people give us a ticket or anything like that. We're going to pay our way. We're going to buy the CDs. We're going to pay our way to the concert. Of course, if somebody sends me a free CD, I'm not t- sending it back. Right. I mean, there have been bands that have done that. And I'm, I mean, like, hey, you know, I'm I'm into supporting anybody who who's willing to work, you know, or, or you know, help out and that kind of stuff. So, but going to politics, um, you know, we had the big, I'm, we're in America, okay? Mm-hmm. Even though we're a worldwide station, we're, you know, we're coming, pumping out of the great state of Utah, which is a crazy place. Uh <laughs> My brother got this great idea before the election. He's like, hey, why don't we interview one of the presidential candidates? I'm like, yeah, right. Like, that's going to happen. He goes, no, no, really. And, and again, my brother, he not only, you know, is he an incredible businessman, but he is, he's a go-getter, man. He, he can sell anything. Mm-hmm. So he got out there and he got me an interview with the libertarian presidential candidate. Oh, wow. Uh, Joe Jorgensen. Yeah. And I know I've, I mean, and it happened like super crazy fast. And I was totally like flustered, prepared, unprepared. It was during the World Series. It was during one of the games. I'm a big Dodger fan because I grew up in Los Angeles. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm watching the game here. And then I got to like set up everything and, and interview this presidential candidate. And it turned out really cool. I mean, it was really cool because it wasn't a, it was more about like, tell me, tell me what you guys are into and what you're about and all this kind of stuff and why you want to be president and and yeah, and you can find that out there. But the crazy thing is, Victor, and I know you and Mark have talked about this, you know, getting hits on your YouTube stuff. Right. That thing blew up. I mean, like 2,000 mm-hmm. views in the first 24 hours. I'm like, well, oh, that's, wow. probably, that's probably it, right? That's going to peak. Next thing you know, it's up to five, 10,000, 15, 20,000, 25,000. I don't know what it's at now. I haven't looked, but after the election, right. it kind of died off. Like, Holy <laughs> crap, people really care about politics. Mm-hmm. So why don't they vote for better people? <laughs> okay now that's just my two cents <laughs> how All different right. was it for you to interview him as opposed to interviewing a band you said you were nervous to get ready did yeah was the uh, actually she's she's a woman uh, okay she, she ident- i'm pretty sure she identifies as a woman okay 
My bad. You have, to be, you have to be careful about that kind of stuff too. I don't yeah. know. Okay. Do you, a, do you have a political correctness, uh, um, you know, kind of disclaimer here on the, on Mars attacks? Um, yeah, that's, that's my mistake of not knowing the candidates beyond the, the two big no, ones. That's, that's okay. That's okay. yeah. So, so yeah, that, and that was, that was super stressful. And I don't know how it is for you interviewing just musicians. I, and I mean, I get totally wound up before I interview somebody. Cause I'm like, uh, you know, and, and I don't, I don't write down questions because mm-hmm. I find that I don't want to just sit there reading questions. I kind of like to ask questions and then kind of see where the conversation goes and kind of feed off of that. And, you know, right. um, and, and then of course you probably had this happen too. You do an interview and right afterward, you're like, holy crap, I wanted to ask this one thing and I didn't, I screwed it up. <laughs> and then you kick yourself for like three days. Like, why didn't I ask that? That one thing I really wanted to know about, um, so yeah, so so interviewing um, her, uh, we actually had some people uh, ask some questions that were that were interested. So some people did feed me some questions. Okay. And so some of our listeners, believe it or not, and so I use those as kind of something to to bounce off of. And plus, as I mean, I don't know where you live, but it, no matter where you live, you know that our election this last year was nuts. Right. I mean, so hot and so contested and so, I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was just like the biggest thing ever. So, so there were a lot of things about that. And, but yet I wanted it to be, I didn't want it to be the usual thing. It's like, I don't want you to tell me what's wrong with the other candidates. I want you to tell me about what's right with you. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a citizen of the U S that's kind of what I'm looking for in, in a person is it's like, why should I vote for you? Not why should I not vote for the other ass clown? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny because I guess it was two weeks ago. There was a huge snowstorm that blanketed a lot of, a lot of Spain. Uh, Now sections of the country are used to getting snow, but they got four feet, in like Madrid and like the city. So it's like getting, you know, four feet of snow in the middle of New York. Uh, Sure. You're prepared for certain things, but not that quantity, you know, overnight. So instead of trying to figure out, okay, let's work together to fix this. Let's bicker about whose fault it is. You know, it's kind of, kind of what you're saying, instead of telling me, you know, Hey, why, what, what do you have going on? That's going to interest me. And what's going to make me want to, why do I think you're going to solve my problems? Why do I think you're going to get rid of my headaches instead of, well, he called me such and such, you know, we, we get back to like kindergartners bickering about toys and, and calling each other names. So. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And and it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, even with our current state, you know, situation here in the U S yes, we have a new, we have a new president people shocking. And, you know, you think, oh, that's going to just calm everybody down. It's going to unite us and make us all, you know, warm and fuzzy. Guess what? It hasn't. It's it's pushed us probably even further apart if that's possible. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, something's got to change here. I don't know. I don't know what it's like in Spain, but um, hopefully you guys have got better candidates to vote for there. Probably. Well, I I think that there's, um, there's nuttiness when it comes to politics everywhere. So oh, true. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I mean, you see this in the business world. I mean, uh, who, who's ever like had a, I mean, I'm lucky I have a boss who's really cool, but that's rare. I mean, I've, right. I've worked so many different jobs and almost 
you know, it seems like the people who are the real a-holes are the ones who want to be in charge. And so (laughs) they get there because it's people like me that just don't, you know, I just want to have fun and do my thing. It's like, I don't want to be in charge. I just want to do the work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's I think it's the same thing in politics and it's the same thing with other stuff. It's like they don't get in it for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny. I recently, uh, well, I just posted an interview I did right before the elections with um, Phil Rind of Sacred Reich. And one of the things that he said to me was, people don't quit jobs. People quit being around asshole bosses. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's totally, you know, on, on the money. Wow, nailed it. Yeah, good one. Good one, Phil. Phil, is that who it is, Phil? Phil, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need. I guess I need to get in touch with. I need to listen to some Sacred Reich. I've, here's the other thing: there are so many bands. Okay, yeah, I, it's like and and there's so much music. I have so much new music I haven't even started to listen to yet. Right, I probably have over fifty CDs that I haven't even listened to yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how do you, how do you listen to music? What, what, I mean, like physically, how do you how do you actually sit down and listen to music, or where do you do that? Um. You know, usually I I set everything up in my computer. Like if, if I'm sent um, a CD, I usually convert it to MP3 so that uh, I can throw it into a playlist on my phone. I, I have a uh, playlist that's called Things to Listen to, and it's split up into if it's full albums, it's full albums. There's another one that's just singles where, you know, I'm sent just a single by a PR person or a label. And it's just single songs by different bands that I listen to. And then from there, if there's something that, you know, really catches my ear, it's like it goes up into another tier. It goes into another playlist of things that I listen to on a regular basis. And then if it's really, you know, a quote unquote earworm, then there's a playlist that I listen to almost constantly. It's like my default playlist where... You know, if if I'm going to be in the car and I can't really pay attention to something, you know, if I'm driving my kids around, okay, well, this is the playlist that I'm going to listen to because I know I like everything on there. Um, I could sing along, you know, I can listen in on the conversation while also appreciating the music. If there's something new that I get, I really either want to be, you know, at my computer um, or I want to be in my car. I want to be someplace where I can, you know, really put my headphones on or I've got a good set of speakers and I can really listen to it and really, um, you know, examine what it is, you know, and similar to what you're saying, a lot of times I post, you know, um, there's so much stuff out there. A lot of times I post, okay, well, this is a band that's new to me. Because there's so much stuff out there, I start to research a band that I start to like a new album and realize, well, they've been around for 20 years, but this is the first time I've heard anything from them because, you know, a PR person or a label made it come my way or it's, you know, a suggestion out there. Um, and I go out and, and I check it out. And, you know, with um, with the new releases that I do on my site, it helps. It helps me find different things. and. You know, although I'm not posting all that music on Mark's Patreon anymore, I enjoy doing that. You know, I enjoy finding new bands or promoting bands who've been around that that I like. So I started my own Patreon to continue to to do that stuff. And and Jeremy, who's um, who, who's following us here and who's chimed in uh, via the chat, 
Yeah, he's he he him, uh, Mike Jones and Steve Hoker, who are my uh, some of my patrons that carried over from Mark's uh, Patreon. They're constantly commenting on stuff, and it's funny because there are things that they point out all the time too. Like, ah, oh, you know, music is great, but the lyrics kill it for me because the lyrics suck, or you know, stuff like that. So it's funny. There will be something that I like, and it's like, ah, oh, shit. Now I got to go back and really pay attention to the lyrics. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So, right. so, you, so you're using your phone to drive the music you listen to for the most part, correct? For the, for the most part. But, you know, one of the things that I have done, and, and I use the phone out of convenience, out of being able to just listen to something in any oh, given yeah. situation. Um, if, if I know I'm going to be at home, um, you know, and if I really like something, I'll end up picking up the vinyl. And I'll just throw it throw it on my um, uh, the the sound system that I've set up at home or you know stereo whatever you want to call it, um, and I'll listen to it that way, you know. So, and here's a little armored saint plug. Uh, end of the attention span. Um, I found as I've gotten older, I mean, it's really hard for me to actually sit down and listen to an album anymore. I mean, I've got some really good equipment for listening to stuff, mm -hmm. but if I sit down and try to listen to something, it's only like five minutes before somebody's pulling me one way or the other. And then that, right. that's the end of, that's the end of listening for me. So it's, it's really, it's really hard for me to do that. I've kind of gotten the habit now where I just throw everything onto my phone and I just throw it into random and let my phone kind of just pick songs here and there. And that way it right. mixes it up. And so I'm kind of like, well, you know, so my, I'm some way my phone programs things. Right. Well, I'm, I'm similar with that, you know, two small kids, you, you throw something yeah. on and then, you know, in the middle of you're really getting into something and then in the middle of it, you know, hey, I don't know how to do this division. So uh, you, know, you got to pause it and run out. So at least if if I have it on the phone, if I have it, you know, I'm listening to it in headphones, I can, you know, turn it down a little and go up and help them or or whatever. So um, it's, I guess, one of the, the strong points about, uh, you know, being able to leverage technology and, and your love of music at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, back when um, I was actually going to work, now I work mostly from home, but I had like an hour commute each way, pretty much. And so right. that, gave me, that gave me two hours a day to listen to stuff in the car. I find the car a really great place to listen to things because you don't have any distractions. Right. Know? It's just like you just drive and, and uh, but, but in my new car, it doesn't even have a CD player. So it's not like I can, you know, I buy a CD. I don't even know why I still buy CDs because it's like, where am I going to listen to this at? Am I going to go sit in a theater and listen to this? Again, five minutes and then something else is pulling me one direction. So uh, anyway, I, that that's that's the struggle is real for me. I have a hard time yeah. like focusing on a whole album and sticking with a whole album. But I'm, I try uh, when bands I really like come out with new things, I'll I'll put it in. And I'm like, I'm just going to listen to this. That's all I'm going to listen to. It's to get through like from first track to the last track, almost impossible. Right. Well, and, and also you have to think about um, that armored saint album is, is a great example because it's really strong from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. um, there are, you know, other things that, you know, with everything that's sent to us, not everything is even remotely close to that. You know, I, I can honestly say there's maybe four or five albums that I could do that with from last year. Although there's, you know, maybe 400 songs that I have in my 2020 playlist, you know, um, 
It's just that there are certain albums that all the way through are stronger. Um, so it, yeah. So it, I mean, what you're saying makes sense. A lot of times I also take, you know, a playlist, just throw it on shuffle and whatever comes up, you know, c- comes up. Uh, the only time that I honestly listen to things straight through is if I want to hear something, you know, the first few times to try to gauge what songs, you know, I like the best. And if I'm going to write something up for new releases on it. So then I'll listen to it all the way through to, to be able to have something to talk about. But once I've, you know, listed a few times, it, it gets broken up into these various playlists that I have. Yeah. Which by the way, I have to plug your uh, website, marsattacksradio.com. Your reviews are really good. Okay, the way and I, I mean, just your description of the music, uh, you know, you talk about really what the CD is or what the, you know, you, yeah, you, you, you describe the music very well. It's, and so, when I read one of your reviews, I'm like, okay, I want to listen to that. <laughs> and uh, not like some of these people that are, you know, writers and, uh, and uh, they, t- they, they spend like the first, they spend about 80% of the review talking about things the band did 20 years ago. Right. Like, you know, I don't know what school you guys went to for your writing stuff, but tell me, tell me about, let's just focus on, again, into the attention span. Tell me about what this album is about. Tell me, you know, I don't want to hear about their album 30 years ago. Right. Let's talk about this album. And uh, so anyway, you do a fantastic job at that. So I guess I I got to get on your Patreon thing so I can start uh, checking out all the new music again, because that, that is a really great thing. So if anybody's listening here, uh, yeah, Victor's uh, new music that he, he used to post on uh, the Talking Metal Patreon or Mark Striegel Patreon. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna join up. I'm I'm in, Victor. Cool, awesome. Yeah, and uh, just for people that aren't familiar with what I do with the new releases, uh, today I posted about Dead Daisy's new album, Holy Ground, which surprised me because I wasn't expecting to go into that liking it you know because i you know i I like some of the stuff that they've released but i you know wasn't really sold on it i like with black county communion or black country community excuse me with the glenn hughes stuff it's okay you know i'd almost prefer his solo stuff or you know it's you've got so many talented people but there's no one really like trying to really show off what they have going on like with that band i would i want I want to hear Bonamassa like go off. I want to hear, you know, Derek Sheridan do like this ridiculous keyboard solo. And, and, you know, it's almost like you're, you're building towards it, but it never, you know, you, you never get it. Um, this dead daisies. I really like Karabi. And once I heard that Glenn Hughes was coming in, I was like, well, you know, I, I don't know, just something else with Glenn Hughes on it. And I got to tell you, <laughs> exactly exactly what you're saying you know and i don't know if it's the combination of him and doug aldrich again who's worked with him in the past but it they've made the band heavier it's really got some swagger that glenn hughes really adds to it so you know i really think it's something worth checking out and you know when i do write about stuff i always try to go towards stuff that wows me or that i really like you know, because I do get a lot of different reviews. And if there's something that even I've never heard of, um, and maybe someone didn't didn't send me a, a, pr- a promo for it, but I find it on a site, um, you know, that lists maybe other releases that are coming out that I'm not aware of, I want to help promote that band. So I will post about that stuff. Um, cool. 
I also posted about uh, Damon Johnson and the Get Ready. They just released um, what Battle Lesson is the uh, album. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to hear, hear both those albums. Uh, yeah, the, what I've heard, I mean, the Damon Johnson stuff, this this first single, the, the riff to it, you've got the Frank Bello bass behind you. I mean, it could, you know, I, I was listening to... Um, I'm a huge Anthrax fan. They're they're one of my all-time favorite bands. But I've been listening to a lot of Cheap Trick lately and noticing like a lot of similarities and like guitar parts and stuff where I think Scott Ian and Charlie Benante, one writing, really take that 70s Cheap Trick influence and really make it their own. And I think that if you listen to the riff off of this Damon Johnson song, it really harkens back to that. I mean, it could easily be that or like a priest song or something, just the way that the the song really develops. And then finally it kicks into like, you know, one of his melodies. He's ridiculous at, at doing that stuff. And, and and the other album that I feature is the new Jason Beeler album. Again, if, if you just know him from, you know, Love is on the Way and Saigon Kick and stuff like that, um, this is really going to surprise people because it's got a lot of special guests on it. It's got, you know, it, it really has an all-star lineup. And it's funny, I was going to make the comparison about how he's he's like uh, someone who's very similar to Devin Townsend in just some of his quirkiness and just some of like his progressive nature. And yeah, I, I start to read the liner notes and Devin Townsend is on the album. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Like I could definitely see them working more together like in the future because, you know, they, they have a lot of like similar humor and different things that really aren't, you know, just four, four They're They're really mixing things up to, to really uh, bring something else to, uh, to the table. So, um, so let's see, we have Jeremy chiming in here. So for, for everyone that um, that's either watching this live or watching the replay, uh, Jeremy says the Patreon is very useful for new stuff. Glad to hear you will join us, Brad. So so cool. I'm in, man. And um, and Jeremy also says got to listen to all those albums, Jeremy. So you you've got to as you have to listen to them, or you've already gotten to listen to them. Let's see if he. Uh, if he responds back, but, um, yeah, yeah, so I plan plan to get all three of those albums, actually the Jason Beeler. I really don't, didn't know much about him. I, the Saigon kick thing. I know you and you and Mark are probably about 10 years younger than me or more. Okay. And, uh, uh, so you guys spent a lot of your musical, uh, development in the nineties, right? Um, I mean, I've been listening to music since, since I was four, since like about seventy-seven, so you have you have good parents. Well, I've I, I I'm lucky to have a brother that was like five years older than me. That uh, yeah. you know my, my my first musical recollection. Uh, Mark actually posted something on Patreon today about different um, live albums by Kiss, and out of out of the poll, I selected Kiss Alive too only because that's the first thing I've ever listened to as a kid. That was the first thing. I mean, I got to see there was the, um, I always forget the name. There was that booklet that had like the evolution of kiss or the evolution of something. I forget the name. Um, and it shows them in their, their different, um, 
uh, costumes over the years, and then it shows you each individual member. And at four years old, I remember seeing the page on Ace Freely and going, what is this? This is like the Super Friends meets music. And I was hooked, you know? And um, yeah, so, see, but my point is that, okay, so you like Kiss Alive 2 better, which I'm going to go, I'm going to go one because that, that was my first, I mean, my, wasn't my first Kiss album, but that was the, probably the first one I actually bought, uh, you know, and that's, you know, it's when you're, when you're forming your, your musical, uh, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Throw me a bone here. Uh, yeah, when, yeah. When you're building up your your library of of music that you're that you're into and that's moving you, I mean that's that's usually the form and that sticks with you, right? And and so it's like typically the first album that you get into, and then you kind of everything else is judged on that, uh, right? Yeah. So Kiss. Um, oh, the other interesting thing about Kiss, and I, one of my questions when I inter- interview some musicians is, you know, how did how did you even get into music? Like, what was the first thing that really sparked your interest? Mm-hmm. In my generation, or just a little bit older than me, it, it was it's always the Beatles. You know, I call it right. the Beatles. Moment. It's like when I saw the Beatles on TV, that's when I knew I wanted to do that. I wanted to be a musician. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say for like me and you know you younger guys, it's Kiss. Mm-hmm. It, right. Kiss is the is what really got us into music, and I was a I was a big music fan before Kiss, but Kiss certainly. Um, I mean, as far as being a bass player, I mean, I I learned how to play bass by getting that first album, the very first Kiss album, mm-hmm. and playing along with it. And right. the funny thing is, is that I'm like, this is the stupidest music I've ever like tried to play because it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't make sense where they're playing this on the on the on the instrument. And mm-hmm. then I, it took me a while to figure out that they tuned down a half step. I'm like, <laughs> ah, now it all makes sense. Right. Which, which that's a question I've always wanted to ask somebody. And I'm, I kind of feel like Ace probably had something to do with this. It's like, why, why were you guys tuning down a half step? What was the whole idea there? I mean, were you right. guys already planning on not being able to hit the high notes 20 years later? And so you figured you'd tune down now? No. Right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing it was Ace because I think it's Jimi Hendrix thing. I don't know if you know any of the history of tuning down. Do you know that? I, a I, you probably don't tune your drums down, right? No, <laughs> I don't. But, you know, with my guitars, uh, I have various guitars at different uh, – they're, they're tuned differently. Um, they're tuned and, you know, I can't read music. I, I used to be able to read music. I can read percussion music, but I can't read – you know, um, music for guitar or piano or anything like that. Um, but all I know is that, you know, I do have, you know, certain things tuned down a half step, certain things, you know, I have another guitar where it's tuned down where the, um, the low E is tuned to D. Um, and then I also have a tuning that, uh, Motley Crue used on shout at the devil, which was the, the low E is tuned down to B, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I don't remember, you know, everything else. I have I have it, you know, on my computer somewhere what that tuning is. And, and a lot of times if I forget, you know, I'll, I'll go in and, um, and look for it online. Uh, w- one of these things where after, you know, having kids, I haven't been able to uh, you know, play as much as, as I want to, but I'm, I'm hoping that that, changes soon because they're starting to get interested in wanting to play and they want to, 
you know, they want me to teach them how to play some things. So, uh, so we'll see. Um, Very cool. You, you've played quite a bit though over the years because I mean I've seen your pictures and stuff with with you playing with different bands and whatnot. Um, and you're from LA. You're saying originally, yeah. so. Yeah, um, so that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I got into music, uh, bought my first bass on my 15th birthday. Okay. Um, as a, a, like a SG copy. I've got it. I've, I've got every bass I've ever had still. I've got like oh wow. more than 10 bases or somewhere. Um, but, uh, so I started, I, I mean, when I was in the third grade, you know, back then music was a big part of school. And mm -hmm. so they had an assembly and they brought this guy out and he was like trying to like, Hey, you know, you guys can join the orchestra, the band or whatever. And here's the right. instruments. And a uh, guy got up there and he played the big stand-up bass and doom, 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 doom. you know, he's just walking on a thing. I'm like, Holy crap. That, that just, that spoke to me. And I'm like, I want to do that. So of course I go up afterward. I go, I want to play that instrument. And he said, no, you're too small. <laughs> and I was, I was little. I didn't start growing until I was like 17 or 18, but at least I did grow. So, right. Of course, as you get older, you kind of grow differently. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, so yeah, so I started, so he said, well, you can play the violin. So he gave me a violin and I learned to play that. And uh, the cool thing, and it's like violin, that's like, that's like a girly instrument, right? <laughs> as I learned in junior high, yeah, there's a lot of, good looking girls playing the violin. So the orchestra was a good place to be for somebody like me that wasn't cool and suave as a, as a youngster. I mean, mm -hmm. it was uh, the closest I could get to a girl. And uh, so that, so yeah, so that kept me going. But uh, then when I was, I guess I was 14 and my brother, again, older brothers are great other than them beating your ass all the time. They're, <laughs> they're, they're great for the music stuff. So my brother had this, has this friend who's really great guitar player and he came over and he brought a bass with him. Mm. I'm like, what can I can I play that? You know, can I try? It? And he said, Yeah. So he started jamming some stuff and I started just kind of following along with him. And I was like, I was sold. I was like, dude, I I I want to do this so bad. So yeah, I, I bought this bass off a guy for a hundred bucks and mm -hmm. uh and I was on I was on my way and I and I learned to play by putting on albums. Like I said, the KISS album was it. Right. I put that on and I learned to play that whole first album. And and so I learned by ear, even though I can read music, because I did along the way, I learned, to, I played the piano and you had to play, you had to learn to read music. And so I'm glad I can read right. music, but mm -hmm. I don't know what notes I'm playing on a bass because I play totally by ear, which really <laughs> sucks if you're doing a gig and the monitors are bad and you can't hear yourself and like, mm -hmm. holy crap, am I playing the right thing? I don't know. Uh, yeah. One of the the running gags in a band I was in, in the eighties is they, the, the leader would stop the song and he'd go, Brad, what note are we playing? And I'd be like, I don't know. It's this one. What, are, what is this note? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's an A. Okay, cool. All right. Let's keep playing then. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if I have to think about what note I'm playing when I play bass, I can't play. I actually play with this bluegrass band, which are, uh, they are so good. Bluegrass, not my thing. Mm -hmm. Not even in a million years. You, I'm, would I listen to it? Never. But this guy, uh, um, you know, they invited me to play with them and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll come jam with you guys. And they are really good. They're really good musicians. Mm -hmm. And so the, the fun thing for me was that there was no music. There's no songs to listen to. They would just, they would play. And so then I would have to, you know, come up with a bass part and play along with them. And uh, that has been fan. That has been a, a lot of fun for me playing with those guys. And they're just good dudes. 
And uh, yeah, with the fact that might have been the last gig I've played before COVID was playing with those guys. And I played with them for over well over 20 years now. And it's it's funny that they keep asking me to come play with them. It's like, why are you why do you want this rock guy playing in your bluegrass outfit? I don't fit. Not at all. Right. But, but it, yeah, but it's fun. I, I, I've learned over the years to appreciate all different kinds of music as a teenager. That's another thing. When I, when I was a teenager, I was a snob, man. There were like four bands I liked and that's it. Everything else sucked. And I wouldn't even just like, Oh, that sucks, man. And, and uh, I've, anyway, I've, I've opened up my, my uh, appreciation of music over the years and playing different things in, in different bands and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't shun anything anymore. I mean, certainly if I don't like something, I don't like it, but I'm not going to say, oh, that right. sucks. Although there's a lot of things that do suck. <laughs> yeah. For, for me, it was kind of similar because I started playing concert band in third grade as well. And I gravitated to playing the snare. Um, that was all, you know, you could, you could play at that age. And then from there, you know, you got to middle school and, well, now you can play either the snare or the bass drum, or you could play, you know, some other percussion instrument, a triangle or a cymbal or, or something like that. So it's funny. I was thinking about this not long ago and hearing about people talking about, well, if you want to become a, a professional drummer, you have to learn how to play to a metronome. And I was thinking, you know, I've never played to a metronome before. And, you know, I've recorded stuff at home and I've played, you know, I've jammed with bands and whatnot. And I started thinking back. I'm like, well, I've played with a conductor who is technically a human metronome. So I wouldn't have, you know, an issue that big of an issue with, um, you know, in comparison to maybe somebody else that hasn't been in that type of an environment, because obviously, the conductors, especially for a percussion player, is usually trying to slow you down um, <laughs> to to fit in with everything else that's going on. But uh, you know, and similar deal. You know, growing up, you know, you start playing, um, you know, marches, and you start playing different things that are out of the wheelhouse. It's not Kiss. It's not this. It's not that. But then you start to play certain things, and you're like. Oh, wow. You know, Richie Blackmore actually took a passage from this song and made it part of his solo or Hendrix took a little piece from this. And, you know, and then it all kind of starts to make sense. And similar to what you're saying, you know, there's different kinds of music that maybe initially you said, I'm never listening to that. I don't like that. And then you realize you're like, oh, wow. You know, yeah, I can't wait to play this song because this is the one that sounds like, uh, you know, this track off of Machine Head by Deep Purple. So I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's a uh, yeah music i don't know music's the best i think that's a frank zappa quote but music is the best and uh that and dogs so um, <laughs> yeah i yeah i don't even know where i'm going where i'm going with this now so so uh yeah so i can't so i can read music but i can't i can't translate it to a bass or a guitar i just i have to i have to play what i what i hear and, right and yeah, but anyway, so yeah, so I grew up in LA. So in the seventies, um, you know, that's what I that's what I wanted to do. I want mm-hmm. I I decided I'm going to be a rock. I'm going to be a rock star. And right. I used to. It was it was kind of like a twisted sister video, and when I was in school, because I was kind of a, a smart kid, but I never did homework or anything. I just mm-hmm. goofed off, but I was still putting all the advanced placement classes with all mm-hmm. the you know the the nerds. And, and I, I remember my math class, I think it was my sophomore year. My teacher just started yelling at me. She's just like, like, 
you know, you need to start doing stuff. You need to start applying yourself. And he's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to become when you grow up? And I said, a rock star. And, and she just, ugh, she just hit her head on the desk. And this is years before Twisted Sister. So. Right. Um, yeah. And my, my, yeah, my chemistry teacher, the same thing. Yeah. If she could see me now, uh, my physics teacher, he told me, he said, there's no way you'll make it in college. He says, you don't, he says, there's no possible way you can get a t- college degree. He says, you, so just give that up right now. He says, you don't have the study skills. You just can't do it. And of course, here I sit and I have a doctorate. Ha, <laughs> take that. Of course, I've also learned that if people really want me to do something, they tell me I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that really makes me want to do something. But um, yeah, so I, I was trying to become a, a professional musician. I mean, I played, you know, the whole party scene in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the backyard party scene in, in the L.A. area, which was awesome. I mean, God, that was so much fun. You know, it was just, you know, somebody's parents were out of town. And so it'd be like, hey, we're having a party and then we need a band. And it's like, well, you know, let's get your band. And and my band got to be a pretty hot thing. And and uh, so we, we were playing constantly and uh, and it was hard rock and it was it was fantastic. And you'd, you'd basically play until the cops showed up. That's usually right. what happened. And uh, the best part was when they come with a helicopter. So you'd be out there in the backyard and you'd be just rocking out. And all of a sudden this big spotlight from the sky would hit you. And you're just like, oh man, this is what it'd be like playing the LA forum. Right. Spotlight on you. And then, uh, and the, the cool thing is then the cops would come in. And of course they just beat everybody up and haul everybody out of there, but they're always cool to the band. It was like oh, you were wow. holding your guitar. They're like, oh, you're in the band. You're cool. You don't have to leave. You're all right. Like, right. Thank you. Thank you officer. Did you uh, ever get to cross paths with um, any band that ended up being or, or anyone from a band that ended up being famous from that scene? That is a great question. And I'm, I know that I know that I did, but I didn't know, uh, you know, a lot of those people. I, I guarantee that I, I was somewhere where Van Halen played. Those, OK, but I didn't know that was them. I mean, it doesn't stand out again. I was a I was a. I don't know. I was kind of a jerk when I was a teenager. I was I, like all other bands suck. My band was the only good band. Right. And, you know, there, there were a couple of bands you'd go see and be like, yeah, those guys are really good. And and I would actually go to, you know, I'd see they're playing a party. I'd go see them. And which was the other cool thing about being in a band, you'd show up at a party and they go, Oh, that's the guy from that band. Come on in. You, you wouldn't have to pay. It's like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah, so the seventies were great. Oh, 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 I do know a guy. Okay. From, from my high school, but he okay. wasn't, he was in a band, but he was in the high school band and he was a drummer. Okay. And he was a kid that we used to make fun of. And he was a couple years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name was Tommy Bass. Okay. And the drummer, the drummer in my band, uh, actually Tommy Bass is like, yo, you guys, you guys are like a real rock band. And I really want to play it. You know, I don't want to just play the snare or whatever, you know? And, uh, so my drummer was getting ready to buy a new drum kit and he said, well, I'll sell you my drum. So Tommy Bass and his dad comes over to the house and, uh, you know, he looks at the drums and they were, God, they were awful. They were crown drums. Do you remember those? Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. like, they're like a knockoff of a knockoff kind of a thing. They were awful. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, so he ended up buying, buying my, my drummer, whose name is Ed Bazoe, totally cool dude, uh, bought his drums. So that was Tommy Bass's first drum set. So, so fast forward to like 10 years later and mm-hmm. I run into Ed and he's like, Oh yeah. You remember that kid? Uh, that's Tommy Lee of Motley Crue. I'm like, no way. There's no way that kid turned into Tommy Lee. Well, right. guess what? He did. So, <laughs> so there, there's somebody that actually went to my high school that uh, is bigger than big. And uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So, that, so there is somebody, but as far as the bands, I mean, and they were really good bands. That was a really cool thing about our high school too. When we mm-hmm. had dances, they had bands, you know, there was none of this DJ crap. It was, they always had bands and they were rock bands and mm-hmm. they were really good bands. So we're talking about like 75, uh, 76 and that kind of thing. And uh, some of the bands that come in and just be like, Oh my gosh. You know, it'd be like, Oh, these guys are so good. The singer's so good. The guitar player. So good. In fact that, you know, I'm a big UFO fan. The first time I heard right. a UFO song was at a high school dance. Oh, these wow. Guys came out and they played shoot, shoot. I'm like, <laughs> cool. I, I, I had to go up to him afterwards. I'm like, Holy crap. What was that song you played? You know? And, and uh, the guy said, Oh, it's a, a, yeah, this new band UFO. And so, uh, yeah, I had to go out and get that album force it, which by the way, my favorite UFO album, if you don't cool. have it, you should. And, yeah, so a lot of those guys probably did become somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I didn't. <laughs> I how mean, many, I how many of them say they have a doctorate? Yeah, there you go. Well, I got to the point where all my buddies who were musicians, you know, right. they they didn't have any money. I mean, everybody was basically crashing on their girlfriend's sofa or whatever. And mm-hmm. I, was, I, I got to the point where I'm like, ah, you know. I kind of want a house. I kind of want a car. I want, I want stuff. I, I, I kind of want a good life and I uh, got this crazy idea to go to college and, and, and uh, it, it actually worked out. So there you go. I went to college. That's how, that's how I ended up in Utah because I couldn't afford to go to school in California because mm-hmm. it was too expensive to live there. I mean, every penny I made at every little job I had went into rent and fee- food and right. paying the car payment and all that kind of stuff. I had no money for anything. And so uh, somebody said, well, you know, Utah's got a really good pharmacy program and, and uh, they're really cheap. Uh, back then they were. Now it's mm-hmm. not. Sorry, kids. Uh, <laughs> we wrecked the world for you guys who want to go to college now. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. So I moved up here and uh, and I swore I would leave the second I graduated. I'm like, holy crap. Utah is like the most backward, crazy, boring, awful place. And uh, and here I am, uh, 30 uh, 37 years later, I'm still here. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. And then I'd given up. I'd like, okay, I'm giving up the whole music thing. I'm giving up being a rock star. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to become a pharmacist. And, uh, and I thought, well, maybe I can find a band here, like a cover band or something, make some money on the side or something in between studying. And I ran into these guys. I, I put up the sign in the music store, you know, with the little pull tabs and stuff. And, and uh, these guys called me like, hey, we're looking for a bass player. And I'm like, cool, what are you guys doing? And I said, well, we're doing original music. I'm like, oh, man, that sounds, yeah, that ain't going to make any money. But I went and jammed with them anyway. And you know what? It was really good. And those guys, oh, it was so good. So this is like, this is 1984. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't hard rock or anything. It was really different. It was something like I'd never heard before. It was They call it modern music. And it was just two other guys, guitar player uh, who sang and a drummer. And it was, so I, they wanted me to play with them. I'm like, okay, I, you know, you guys got something going here. I'll play with you. And, and, uh, we did play a lot of gigs. We made money, but we decided every single penny that we made was going to go into a band fund that we're going to use to record. Right. And uh, so that's what we did. We saved up all that money and we went into a recording studio and we met this guy who, uh, who ran the studio and he fell in love with us. And he was like, you, you, I really like you guys. And he produced us. Uh, we cut, cut three songs 
And then he started, he's like, I really think you guys can do something with this. So, you know, let's, let's do some more songs, write some more songs. And, and then he, we got to the point where we would go in after hours into the, when the recording studio wasn't working. So we'd show up at like 11 PM and we'd be there till six in the morning, uh, working on our stuff. And he just let us do it for free. And, uh, it was, it was cool time. So then I'm like, holy crap, I'm getting ready to apply to pharmacy school. I can't apply and then drop out if this really happens. Cause we're sending stuff out to record companies and we're getting right. letters back and the letters weren't just like, yeah, we don't, we're not interested. The letters are like, yeah, we're really interested, but we want to hear n- more music. Like, holy crap. So we, we got to record more music. So, so we kept doing that. And, uh, and, and my wife who is the best wife in the world, she says, why don't you drop out of school for two years, give it two years. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Okay. So I quit school for, yeah, right before applying to pharmacy school, I dropped out and, uh, did music full-time for two years. And oh, it was the best ever. I mean, wake up in the morning and all you got to do is think about, okay, I got these songs we're working on. I'm going to write these parts for it. And I did all the keyboard stuff for the music because we didn't have a keyboard player and mm-hmm. we recorded, you know, a lot of our stuff had keyboards and, uh, cause since I had the piano background, and, uh, yeah, so I did, I just, we just wrote music and recorded and stuff for a couple of years. And, and the problem was that we got contracts, every contract we had given to us, we had to sell the rights to our songs. Well, our singer, he wrote all the songs. He's like, there's no way I'm selling my songs. I'm not giving them to him. I'm not doing it. And we're right. like, of course, me and the drummer are like, well, Corey, why not? Why not give them, man? We want to, we want to be rock stars, you know? And, Right. And, uh, yeah, so, so that, that didn't happen because of that, cause nobody was offering a contract where we could retain rights to our music. So I got to, I got to the end of that two years. I'm like, uh, I am going back to school. I got, I got to, you know, I, my, my wonderful wife who's been working and supporting both of us for all these years. I can't ask her to keep doing that. You know, she's the best. So right. I'm going to go to school and I'm going to, I'm going to get a real job. So I did, I went, I quit the music scene, went back to school when I got into the doctorate program, those guys came back to me and said, Hey, you know, we're still playing, you know, would, any, any chance you can play with us some more? And I'm like, yeah, now that I'm in the doctor program, I've already got here. Like, yeah, I'll do it. And so I played with them for a few more years and, and then they finally, they finally fell out of it, which is too bad. And then I just found other things to do. So now, now I just played with bands. Anybody calls me, I'm a bass player for hire. And uh, I've played with a lot of different bands since then. And it's just for fun. If somebody gives me money, that's great, but they don't have to because, hey, I got money. I got my own money. I don't need to play for money. So so it's kind of a bonus for me. I get to do what I love and uh, and I get to I got a great job and and make good money. So life is good. Cool. That was probably more than you wanted to hear. No, I mean, that's that's awesome, because I also want to uh, ask you about um if you want to talk a little bit about your interesting day job, because you do have some stories that I'm sure um, some people may be interested in hearing, especially given all the, the COVID stuff that's come up, I'm sure you've received some uh, interesting questions. Uh, Can we say what you do for your day job? Oh yeah, totally. So um, yeah, but as part of the doctorate program, they told me, they said, okay, you're going to have to spend six weeks in the poison control center. And I never knew, I had never heard of a poison. I'm like, what, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, well, it's, you know, you take calls from people and uh, you, you, you know, who've been poisoned or whatever. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, how many people in Utah get poisoned every day? What, five, 10 people? It can't be, you know, and it just sounds awful talking to people on the phone. So I went in there as a student and, and I just fell in love with it because it's just incredible. I, um, 
yeah, I mean, at that time we were getting well over a hundred calls a day mm -hmm. and it, it's every call was an adventure. I mean, just some, the craziest, most bizarre things you you've ever heard people do. You're, you're just like, wow, you did what? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and yeah, so I really got into that. So when I graduated, uh, I, you know, they, they wanted me to work there and I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And that's what, that's where I've been working for, um, about 30 years now, uh, working for a poison control center. So I work on the phones. Uh, I do a lot of other things too. I'm a faculty member at the college of pharmacy. And so I do teaching and, mm -hmm. um, and I really enjoy that, but it's a nice cause it's a part, it's a, a assistant adjunct assistant professor position. So I don't mm -hmm. have to deal with all the BS of the college. You know, it's right. like they keep sending me stuff. Hey, we're having a meeting. So good. Have fun guys. Cause I ain't going to be there. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to deal with all that crap. Uh, and, and I love teaching. I don't know. I love teaching students, but, uh, so yeah, so poison control is, a, is, is a wonderful, odd thing. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know what people's perception is, but I mean, basically anything you can put on your body, in your body, around your body, uh, it can be a poison. And I've seen, mm -hmm like I said, people do just unbelievable, ridiculous things. And so I don't know. I mean, we've kind of gone an hour here. That's probably pretty, pretty long. I don't want to, um, you know, tie this up too much, but, uh, you know, like one of the, one of the, the, the great things that provides a lot of great stories is super glue. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, uh, fun with super glue. Here, here's my thing with super glue. Okay. If I'm trying to put something together and I'm using super glue, there's no way in hell it's going to stay together. It's going to fall apart. Right. But yet I can guarantee you, if you put super glue on your finger and you stick your finger up your nose, it ain't going anywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I, I had this kid call me up. He, he, he called up, he was, uh, I think he was like 15 years old and he was crying <laughs> and, and he's like, man, I used to music. he, he kind of sounded, he kind of sounded like this. He's like, man, he ain't in trouble. I don't know what's going on. And I said, dude, what happened? And, and uh, he says, well, he, my older brother, because again, older brothers, as cool as they are with the music, they can really be mean too. So his older <laughs> brother told him that he could get high from sniffing super glue. Oh boy. So instead of just sniffing it, he actually shot the super glue up his nose. So when he shot it up his nose, it started dripping down and he, he put his thumb there to kind of stop it. And it wasn't before long that his thumb was stuck to his nose. So that's why he sounded so weird on the phone. He's like, ah, you know, right. And he was, he was crying because he said, my mom is going to be home in like 10 minutes and she's going to know what I was doing. And, and I, I, you know, I don't need, you know, like, like, you know, dude, relax. You're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. you know, everybody does stupid things when they're teenagers. Everybody does stupid things when they're older too. Um, because we get a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> So I told him, I said, look, here's the, here's the beautiful thing with super glue. Your skin turns over so fast. I mean, you're the scale, the cells in your body are constantly replicating and especially your skin. And I said, it'll come off within a day. Okay. It probably right. by tomorrow morning. So, I mean, there's really nothing you can put on it. That's safe to put on your nose or whatever. You know, if you're just getting your fingers apart, there's things you can do, but uh, as far as your nose goes, no, I'm not going to put any, you know, make it worse. That's always what my mantra is. Don't make things worse. <laughs> Let's make things better. So I said, dude, just go to bed. It's, it's kind of late in the evening. Just tell your mom you're really tired. Go to bed. And then I bet you it'll come off by the morning. And by golly, it did. Um, but I did, uh, I, I did have a woman call me up once about something else. It, it was, uh, it wasn't, she was calling, she was calling about her kid getting into something, but she'd been doing something with super glue and she spilt some on the f kitchen floor. Mm -hmm. 
And so we're talking and we go through all the thing about what her kid got into. I can't even remember what it was. It was some medicine or something. And so I helped her with her kid and he's like, yeah, your kid's going to be fine. She says, okay. And she goes, uh-oh, um, I got a problem here. And I was, what's that? She says, well, I've been standing in this little puddle of super glue and my foot's now glued to the floor. <laughs> so she'd also got super glue on her hand. And now this is back in the old days when we were using landlines. So right. She had the, the receiver to the phone glued to her hand. She had her foot glued to the floor. Okay. And yeah. So yeah, that was a, that, that was a great one. <laughs> uh, it was, we had to go through some tricks to, uh, to uh, take care of that. Had to, you know, unhook. The, see, see, this is the part I love about my job. I get the problem solved. It's like every, every call is like, okay, how do I solve this guy's problem? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, remove the cord from the phone. Okay. We're going to go over the sink. We're going to get use hot water. Cause you got to use heat. Okay, mm-hmm. You got to soften that stuff up with heat. So you get really hot water. And of course, well, I can't get to the sink because my foot's glued to the floor. Okay. Well, we're going to have to deal with that then. We're going to have to, is there anybody else in the house that can help you? No, my husband's not home. Oh, my kids. And anyway, yeah. So we went through various gyrations. We did get her taken care of. Um, one other quick super glue story. This woman was getting ready to leave work and she went in to talk to her boss and her boss was doing something with super glue and some had spilled on the desk. And so she was kind of leaning on the desk and she was getting ready to go. And her hand was glued to the edge of the desk. She couldn't get her hand off. And she had somewhere she had to be. It was really, really important. So they were freaking out and they're calling up, what are we doing? And in the meantime, her boss got a saw and he actually cut off the edge of the desk. So she left with the edge of the desk glued to her, glued to her hand. And she okay. ran out of there. She's like, I gotta go. So so yeah. So there you go. There's there's some fun with super glue stories. <laughs> Last question. Before we wrap things up here, um, with the advent of COVID, oh yeah, has ha- have the calls ramped up with people trying to take different things to prevent yeah. getting COVID or thinking that they have COVID, so they've taken something to try to, you know, yeah. remedy the solution. Yes, yeah, and you know, you you thought you thought when our beloved president back then made the joke about drinking cleaning products and things like that. Um, you thought, oh, people are going to realize that's not, no, that's a bad idea. Well, mm-hmm. no, people have done that <laughs> and, and not a lot, thank goodness. But there, yeah, I, I've had those calls. Luckily, most cleaning products you're going to buy over the counter, you know, in a grocery store or something aren't that harsh and they're not that dangerous. Right. Uh, so luckily I haven't seen anything really, really bad happen, but, uh, I've seen people inject stuff into their veins, um, thinking that that would help, um, you know, like rubbing alcohol and stuff like that. Right. That, that that's not good. Surprisingly enough, the, um, the human body is, is just an incredible instrument. Mm-hmm. And wow, I hear a dog barking. It's almost like we're at the Striegel house. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it when Mark loses his crap over the noise in the background because you almost can. Ne- the, the listener can almost never hear it. And he right. just loses it. Like, ah! Right. It's like, dude, that's part of life, man. Uh, yeah. I don't know how it's so quiet at your house. Oh, it's because it's after midnight, right? Everybody's in bed. Right. It's 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 one AM. But also I have, you know, a compressor on, you know, in uh, the noise gate so that it helps. So even if if I am recording something and I mean the the washing machine and the dryer are ten feet away from me, uh, but I have implements in place so that um even if that's the case you don't hear that noise or it's kept to a minimum or yesterday yeah. I recorded the stuff that I recorded. My kids were around. So I was hearing them screaming upstairs about something. And, you know, I listened back to the recordings and it was, you know, yeah, you it was nowhere to be found or at least my deaf ears didn't hear. 
So, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about this mic that I'm using, which man, if Mark saw this, he'd probably want to buy it. So he's always looking for a new mic. Uh, yeah. th- this thing, it doesn't, it doesn't pick up well, uh, you know, away from it. You have to kind of get right up on it. So it's nice for doing this kind of thing. Yeah. I was doing an interview with Bill Leverty of firehouse and right. uh, all of a sudden I hear this coming, you know, through the headphones. I'm like, Holy crap, what's going on there? And he goes, Oh, somebody's opening the garage door. He goes, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And that was what an EV2? I don't even know what no, what is this thing? It's something I got from this place uh called Full Full Compass, and they uh, it was like a four hundred dollar mic and they had it on sale for sixty bucks. And I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, the Scottish part of me was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna save some money here. You know, and and I this thing's been fantastic. So I I can't tell you what brand it is. I'll I'll check it out later. My eyes are not good enough to read it. But All right. it's, it's been it's been a really really good mic. Before then, I used to just use just what I'd sing out of, you know, right. to do stuff. And then you'd have to get the you know the screen, the pop screen, mm-hmm. and all that kind of crap. This thing doesn't. It seems to do a pretty good job of not popping and hissing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty good deal. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've had to update my uh, setup over the last few years, the last few weeks, um, because of different uh, yeah, things. Yeah, and 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 luckily now, so so I I kind of did this when we um, what when we came on, but um, yeah, so I'm I got what's called a road uh, roadcaster specifically. For, it's it's a mixing board that has like um, it it allows you to connect it with your computer and actually works like a sound card and. It allows you to mix together a lot of different things that I had through separate components that have been basically breaking down. And I started doing the math the other day, and I'm like, okay, well, when I put everything else together before between the mixer and the compressors and the gate, this and that, you know, I'm like, okay, so it costs kind of the same. So it's time to upgrade. But, you know, it allows me to do something that, something like this. I love it. So, um, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're we're both uh, trying to improve what we do. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a good thing. And and uh, yeah, because I I, there's nothing worse than an awful sounding podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I yeah. When I started listening to podcasts, most of them were awful. I'm like, I can't listen to this. I just can't listen to this. You know, you gotta you gotta have decent quality. So. There you go. I'm kind of again a bit of a snob that way. I yeah, like things sound good. No, but I mean, I, I I get it. I mean, I've been doing, I've been podcasting for 11 years now, and it's a similar deal. You know, if someone could have a great show, great content, but if it sounds like they're recording it on, you know, an old cordless phone with a ton of static and you know whatnot, um, that deters from whatever yeah. it is they're trying to do. I I just can't listen to it either. You know, there, there are little things like you're saying, if you hear a dog bark or if you hear like a kid run in or something like that, okay, well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. But I mean, if, if you're consciously doing, you know, 20 episodes and you've got this like ridiculous humming sound in your mic, well, then that's kind of unforgivable. So, oh, but back to COVID really quick. Um, yeah. yeah, COVID has really changed the dynamics. Um, the and then not funny part of it is there are more people who are really having a hard time coping with this COVID world. 
And okay. so our intentional overdoses, people trying to hurt themselves by overdosing mm. has gone way up. Wow. And so that's, that's actually a, a huge, I mean, it used to be less than 5% of our calls and I don't know what it is. I haven't crunched the numbers from last year yet, but I feel like, I mean, we're up to like 20 plus percent of our calls now are, are people overdosing on purpose. So if anybody's listening out there and you're having a rough time, Hey, you know, I'm here for you, man. Hit, hit me up. Hit me up. Uh, you know, I'm happy to chat or whatever. Life's life's good, man. Let's all stick around and have fun. Let's listen to music. Let's uh, let's you know laugh and have a good time. You know, life. You can overcome everything. Absolutely. You never know what I I always tell people when they call me up before they take an overdose. I said, dude, don't do that because you don't know what tomorrow's gonna be like. Tomorrow right. might be like something incredibly awesome, and you don't want to miss that. So stick right. around and see. You know, life might be crap today, but tomorrow, hey. It could get better. And maybe it'll take a while to get really better for you. Um, you know, because I've had people tell me, it's like, well, you know, you know, they list all their problems. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, your life does suck. But <laughs> I don't, I don't want anybody to die. So, right. And yeah. So yeah, but also part of the COVID thing, um, because when it, when it first hit, uh, the state wasn't really ready for this kind of a thing. They didn't have the they didn't have the infrastructure yeah. or the people to deal with, you know, how to, how to deal with, get out information to people. So, so poison center jumped in there and said, well, we, we got people we're 24 seven. We're here. So we took over all the COVID calls. So that blew us up. Um, and so, yeah, that first, the, the first night when things went sideways, I had to, I just worked a shift and then I was on my way home and I got a call saying, you got to come back we need somebody here overnight. And I'm like, well, can I go home and eat something? <laughs> yeah. So I right. went back, spent, spent the entire night there. Uh, and Oh, thank Thank you. Whoever that was. Uh, that's, that was a, uh, that's a very nice, very nice thing to say. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. As somebody who's had to fight for my life a couple of different times, I've almost died a couple of times. I love <laughs> life and I, yeah, it's not like I don't have problems. I have problems, but you know, right. Life is good, man. And yeah. Well, maybe we'll just end with that. It's like everybody should stick around to listen to the next Mars Attacks podcast. Everybody should stick around to listen to those new albums that are coming out or listen to something really old that you really like, man. Listen to music, yeah. man. Just in, do something fun. Mm-hmm. And hit, hit me up on Facebook or Twitter or something if you want to chat or whatever, man. I'm, I'm, I'm always here for you. So There you go. And I want to give one final plug to... Uh, Yarg Metal here. Check oh, out. Hey, look what we're playing here. TNN. Anybody ever buy that album? <laughs> I did. Access denied. <laughs> That's <laughs> appropriate, think, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. I, I think see somebody like opening up the website and they see Access Denied and they're like, oh, oh I guess I can't listen. <laughs> right. <laughs> the um, I think what I've listened to off of that album the most is probably their remake of the song kiss of death with ripper owens yeah. on vocals yeah so. I, I yeah see it's funny because i like the the originals uh, the stuff that's not the doc and stuff better I, right I, I listen to the doc and stuff i'm like eh. you know again it, what we're used to you know what we right. grew up with what we like and it's like sometimes yeah that's a whole nother discussion we could get into the whole uh <laughs> remake of um of the first lynch mob album and the restyling of that have you listened to that which version? Because he's done it twice already. No, it's the yeah, that's what I mean. The new one. Have you listened to the new one? No, but what's it called? He, what's it called? Wick, um, wicked. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I know, I know what you're referring to. But back, 
back in the early 2000s, he did the same thing already. He detuned he everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, he's, got, he's got an album called, uh, it's Lynch Mob. Uh, it's called uh, Rev uh, Revolutions, I think it is, or something along those lines. And if you've ever heard Anthony Esposito talk about some of his issues with Lynch Mob, it was because the last thing that he played on with Lynch Mob was he came back and they re-recorded all that stuff, tuned it down, uh, you know, because that was what was popular at the time. Right. And it's Robert Mason on vocals. And it's the first it's every everything is pretty much off of the first two albums except they do also do Paris is Burning, and they do a ballad that was off of the third Lynch Mob album, uh, which was the the total new metal uh, swerve there. Um, but, you know, there there's things off of that that by making it heavier sounds kind of cool, but the new, stu- the new stuff that they did where they reimagined the entire Wicked Sensation album yeah. I don't know, man. The vocals sound just so lazy to me. It just, I listen to it and I'm like, ah, I love the original. And I'm not, you know, I'm, again, being that I played in, you know, uh, various bands where you interpret older pieces of music and you do different things based on who the players are. So I can get kind of that aspect of it. But it's just the songs are just stripped of the original fire. You know, had they have done something that was energetic and brought something to the table that wasn't kind of like, all right, guys, just send us the check. It's done. Here's here's what we got. It's like, all right. You know, I you know, you even you even hear the chorus to uh Wicked Sensation. The original is like such an anthem. And you hear the new thing and it's like it's almost as if Oni's like in a uh, in a reclining chair, going, "Yeah, got the wicked sensation." It's like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, it's that's right. that's yeah, something we will address in the future. Uh, we, I plan to have you back on here. Yeah, let's uh, let's, let's do this again, man. This is fun. Yeah. This is uh, it's fun to talk about music. I'll, I'll I'll wheel out some better poison stories, some really bizarre stuff. <laughs> there you go. And and what I do want to do one last round of applause for. Not only Brad, thank you, thank you. but uh, I, I do want to give a round of applause to uh, Jeremy, uh, who is one of my patrons, who is always here on Friday nights. Um, my cousin Jose, who's usually here as well, who um, who chimed in uh, before as well. Uh, he's usually always on here as well. And I want to thank anyone who um, who's going to not only – you know, who's not only seeing this live, but whoever gets to listen to this in the podcast format or checks this out on YouTube or Periscope or Twitch later on, if you get to catch one of the replays. Um, I appreciate anyone that checks out anything that I release. So thank you. Uh, thank you again, Brad. Uh, we will do this again. And um, yeah, there's, there's room for all of us. There's, there's, I mean, this is not a competition. We're, we're, all, we're all on the same team here. We all yeah. we all like rock music and we all want to share it with people and talk about it. So uh, you can listen to Yarg Metal, you know, two hours a day and listen to Mars Attacks, uh, you know, right afterward. There you go. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. I've I've always felt that way Cheers. as well. Is, so, by the way, this is not Dash Vodka. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the Striegel stuff, but I mean, let's face it. Striegel runs through us, right? Well, there you go. It's, it's so no, no, this is water from my well. So there you go. True. 
through. That's good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. All right, everybody. Enjoy. Okay, guys. Thank you, Victor. Yep. Th thank you, Brad. And thanks everyone for uh, checking this out. We will see you next time right here on the uh, Signals from Mars uh, live stream. Yeah. See you guys.